0: Welcome to the Beach Grove United Methodist Church podcast where you can hear our Sunday morning sermons in audio form and take them wherever you go. This week we are going into week three of our series on vision, unpacking the vision that we have discerned from God for Beach Grove United Methodist Church. This week we talk about the second part of our vision, the idea of strengthening our community and what that entails, reading a story from Acts 6. A reminder that our services are available in their entirety on our YouTube channel, which is linked in the podcast notes. We would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast so that new sermons come into your feed as soon as they are available. You can subscribe using your favorite podcast app, and if you're feeling really generous and would love to leave us a rating and a review, that would be awesome. Lastly, find us on Facebook and Instagram linked in our podcast notes to follow along with all the fun things happening at Beach Grove, whether you live in Suffolk, Virginia or not. We hope you enjoy this week's message and please don't forget to share it with others. Our scripture today comes from Acts 6, the first seven verses. Now, during those days, When the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenists complained against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And the twelve called together the whole community of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to wait on tables. Therefore friends, select from among yourselves seven men of good standing, full of spirit and of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this task while we, for our part, will devote ourselves to prayer and to serving the Word. What they said pleased the whole community, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, together with Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. They had these men stand before the apostles, who prayed and laid hands on them. The Word of God continued to spread, The number of the disciples increased greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many priests became obedient to the faith. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you. That through your word for us this day, we would not only grow closer to you, but Lord, that we would begin, that we would continue to see this community through the eyes of your vision that you have for us. In your son's name we pray, amen. So I invite you to take out that insert that you have in your bulletin that has some notes on it today. Merry Christmas to the Boy Scouts. There's like an inch of white space on there for you. If you are joining us online, there's a link in this video that will take you to our notes page if you want to open that while I'm preaching, or you can use it for your references after the sermon is over. You do have the full entirety of the scripture, as well as another, the the vision that we're talking about is there too. For those of you who are joining us here for the first time, we are in the midst of this visioning process here at Beach Grove United Methodist church. Uh, We have spent much of the last about eight to ten months in discernment and prayer of where we felt God was leading us to go as a church community. And we have come through this process with a vision and understanding that God is calling us to be a visible church without walls, strengthening our community by connecting resources to needs through partnerships. We talked that this vision is the primary means through which we see our role as fulfilling the mission of the church to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, as is the mission of the United Methodist Church, or the mission that we find scripturally to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In the midst of this time, we have discerned that we are called in this way to fulfill this mission with this vision. That all of our mission, all of our ministry, all of our acts of service look through the lens of what God is calling us to do. Last week we began to dive into this vision a little bit by looking at what it meant to be a visible church without walls. That is the nature in which people see, know, and understand us, the people of the church, as the church. They don't necessarily always see us for our building, but they see us for what we are able to offer as servants in the kingdom Yes, we have resources such as a building and all of this land, but we also have many dedicated servants and individuals who serve not just here in this space and place, but out in the community. And so now we move on in our vision to begin not look and to not just look at being a visible church without walls, but also to to be a strengthening nature of community. You know, we've heard for a long while now that the church is in the midst of a changing tide, right? It's, it's not just the pandemic that has brought this on. This has been something that has been going on for a while now. You know, we never like to think of the church being dictated by society. We, we often wanna say, no, the church should dictate where society goes. But I know it might pain you to hear this. <clears throat> Sometimes we have to listen to the cries of society to the cries of community to know the direction in which we are called to serve love and give because it is God's primary calling for us to live in and serve the community and society we live in now i want to say that i think there's a clear distinction that we do not participate in the evils of this world the nature of this relationship with society should be driven by the doing by the good that god calls us to be but we are reminded that God's grace, it's, it's not a singular moment. It's not a singularly rooted ideal that only happens in one way, in one instance, in one place. No, God's grace is not black and white. It is not present one second and gone the next. God's grace is ever abiding, especially when we feel undeserving or inadequate and especially in communities that are filled with pain and suffering. We recognize that God's grace is multifaceted. There is so much that goes into it. And we, even disciples of Christ and thereby of God, do not hold the power to dictate how it is experienced or where it's experienced. And so that societal shift that is happening that we began discussing even last week is the recognition that unfortunately, gone are the days where the church is often the center of societal life. Church and even church buildings You see, sociologist and author Ray Oldenburg really pioneered this understanding of of places and spaces. And in his analysis, he names that there are places in our society. He names them as first, second, and third places. He got really creative with these names, folks. First places are your home. It's the place that you live. It's your family. Second places are your work the place that you spend probably the most and majority of your time but for oldenburg identifying first and second places went so far as to help to create the narrative of third places and third spaces in which oldenburg called these the anchor of community life right we have our home we have the place we live the place that we pay so much money to live? I don't, like, why? I mean, they're so expensive. Can we maybe make them less expensive? Yes, I like that. I like that. Who said, that? yeah, we should make them less expensive, right? We have work because we need to pay for that house in some way, shape, or form, right? Sometimes our work, you know, especially if you're retired, may actually be your home. But Oldenburg said that these third spaces, they were the anchor of community life. These are the spaces in which we experience everything that community has. Right? It's not our family, it's not our coworkers, these are our friends. These are the people we spend time with. These are the people we hang out and fellowship with. And I will add on to Oldenburg that I think we are caught in this idea that churches have to be the center of these third spaces. You see, for so long, churches were, the buildings themselves were the third space. Why? Because the center of the community was the church. Everything happened in a church. Your town council meetings, your celebration gatherings, birthdays, weddings, like birth celebrations. Everything happened here. They were the strongest, most well-architected buildings in the area. They were reputable. People knew where the center of the community was. Gatherings for entire towns, villages, and even in some cases, cities. People would be at churches four or five days a week because there was something happening in which they were engaging because of that nature of the physical structure being there. But now fast forward to today. Now friends, we don't want to bemoan the fact that the church building isn't the center, but we need to name That today, as we have seen our towns, our villages, our cities grow, as we have grown out into the suburbs and the rural natures of society, as we have seen everything grow, we name that there are so many more third spaces in the world. There are so many places that are the anchor points in which community is practiced that no longer do people always have, no longer are people always coming to church to be a part of the community, but they can experience community other places. They can experience community at the coffee shop, at the restaurant. They can experience community at the gym when they go and work out. They can experience community outside. And not, not that they couldn't do that before but to gather together and to practice community. The lines of these third spaces are less defined because there are more places for us to practice community together. There are more ways for us to practice community together. Yet, the role of the church has not changed. And that's why not only do we see part of our vision as being a visible church without walls, but we also see ourselves as strengthening our community. Right? We talked about being present in our community, not just in our physical building, but all over the place so that people see and they know that we are not only representatives of God's kingdom, but that we also bring with us the community of Beech Grove United Methodist Church wherever we go. And in this next step, being called to strengthen our community, not just the church community, but the entire community that we reside within, as well as the community of creations. And especially as we look and see this greater transition in these third spaces, not only like not happening in the church and in church buildings, but also becoming less physical in general as we begin to identify not just physical third places, but even digital and virtual ones as well now more than ever, can the church be engaged in strengthening the community without putting its own qualifications on it, right? We extend this conversation of visibility as a church into this role in which we exist. We recognize that we can strengthen this church through all of these types of third places. But here's what it requires. It requires us to know our community, right? We talk about this vision building upon itself because when we are visible out in the community, we are able to interact with people that we would not often interact with here in this church building, here in this place, here in this space. We would not often interact with the people even here in Driver, but when we get out and we know our community, we know the needs, which is why I love this passage of scripture when it talks about strengthening our community because here in Acts 6, we have this very exact thing happening. Right? We recognize that when we work together, we, that we can offer so much more when we work together. And when we reach out to help in these third spaces, in these places of community, all over the place, we are not just being a visible church, but we are strengthening our community through those connections. Right? Strengthening our community happens on so many levels, but we have to be willing to be a part of it. And it involves strengthening both the physical and the human infrastructure. Right in here, I will name, we as churches, we we knocked it out of the ballpark on the physical, right? I mean, look at this building. It's a nice building, right? It's a roof over the head. Sometimes it's a headache for Joe, but, 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 but we give him enough work to keep him busy. But it's a nice building. We did the job of physical infrastructure. But sometimes I think where the church forgot to be involved is in the human infrastructure. We did a really good job of of oftentimes building really nice buildings for people to come to. But we forgot to also build the right disciples who also go out to let people know that they are always welcome as part of the church, whether they're here or whether they're not. In limiting our third space only to the church or, or even divorcing the way we interact with the third places of our lives we've impeded the strengthening role the church could play in the community, right? when we look at this scripture, we've got two groups of people. We've got the Hellenists. These are the Greek speakers in the early church. And we've got the Hebrews, who are the more traditional people from Judah who are a part of the church. And there's a little bit of a spat in this community going back and forth. The Hellenists feel like they have been forgotten. The widows and the orphan and the poor in their community have been forgotten because the Hebrews are focusing on themselves. And so as any community in dispute does, well, hopefully we don't have to do this anytime, but they call in the bishop. Let's let's not get to that point, friends. Let's, Let's try and solve our problems here. But they call in those 12 disciples to come in to help them to find ways to heal these divides. Right? And the disciples, for their part, are saying to them, well, as leaders of the church, this is our role, but what we want to do is we want to empower this community. We hear the concerns, and we want to raise up from within you leaders who will go, who will serve, who will lead, who will serve at these tables to these widows. And so find from among you seven to take on this mantle of diaconal care for the community. In fact, this is one of the primary scriptures that we in the United Methodist Church use to identify the order of deacons in our ordination vows. Those who not, they don't, they don't serve the church in a pastoral role like I do, but they serve as a bridge connecting the church to the community. They serve in matters of justice and mission. And it's from this story. That we learn that to strengthen our community means we must know our community both inside and out. The greatest thing that the Hellenists do is they know their community. And it affords them the opportunity to call out when a need is there, the need for the widows. And then it affords them the opportunity that when empowered to go and help, to raise up leaders, to go and to serve in these ways. And leaders who will not just have a one-time impact, right? Because we see names in this story that we may recognize. We see Stephen, who funny, who not funny, but in the next chapter, ironically, is killed for his faith, preaching and testifying to the word. And then Philip, who in the very next chapter, in chapter eight of Acts, is seen not just serving the widows for the Hellenists, but is now preaching, teaching, ministering, and even baptizing as he seeks to serve the church. It involves us knowing our communities. We, have to, we must know, like, and it starts right here, we must know who is in our church community, knowing the resources and growth potential of those in it. And we must know the resources of the community around us. And we must know the needs. Yes, we must know the needs of our local church, but we also have to know the needs of the greater community at large. Right? We talk about seeing our vision as strengthening our community by connecting resources to needs. And we're gonna get to that part about connection and connecting next week. But to consider strengthening, to consider what it means to strengthen, we have to think about how we know our community knowing the needs, knowing the gifts, and knowing the resources. And not just the church community. Because we cannot be so tunnel vision focused to think that all of the problems in the world only exist within these walls or within the people who are a part of it. But to seek to heal and to bring peace to all of creation. To strengthen not just this church. Not even just driver, not even just Suffolk, but to strengthen all of creation. We empower leaders, we notice needs, and we help to strengthen. And we cannot strengthen or even begin to think about it if we don't know. So what does it mean to know our community? Good question. I'm glad you asked. When church buildings were the central point of communities, it was so easy to see where the need was. It was so easy for that person to come in to say that they needed help. But you see, in these transitioning times, where it's not just the church building that is the third space, but it's Arthur's Store, Knot hole Station, the Driver Trail, Chesapeake Square Mall, Arborview. Downtown. It's being able to go out there to know the needs, to call them out, and to find ways to strengthen our community. Now I'll say I don't totally back out here. Right? I see my response as a pastor similar to the 12, though I do like to be involved. And so <laughs> and I am here for, you know, a spell. But seeing it to empower you, to empower all of us to go and to serve together. And so we ask ourselves, where are those places with needs? Who are those persons experiencing pain and suffering? And how can we seek to help them? Or, as we'll talk about next week, connect them with help. Right, this is our role in strengthening community. To strengthen the community means we know it well enough to know the places where help and service can be offered, where care can be given, and where grace can be and where grace is present. That is the formula for a strong community. Amen.